Hey, I'm Camille Joy, the host and creator of the Moments of Joy podcast, the place that will leave you surely feeling motivated, inspired, and encouraged. Welcome to the show. I need the joy, the joy of the Lord in my heart. I need to make an exchange. guys welcome to another episode i'm so excited to have with me my very own relative Janae <laughs> mcgee <laughs> hi welcome to the show Trinae is an amazing young woman and outside um, of being related to me that's not the reason why i asked her to be on the show <laughs> but because she's an extraordinary young woman and one who has entered into a new arena of, of politics, but one who um, is just always shining. And I wanted her to come on the podcast and encourage us as women um, today and young people. So yes, welcome to the yes. show, Trinae. Thank you for having me, cousin Camille. <laughs> <laughs> you are so welcome. Um, it's been a pleasure just to watch you and see you bloom into this young woman. And Thank you so, so much. Yes, so we are here on the podcast, as you may know, I Mm -hmm. start the guests off um, just talking about their childhood. You had a pretty exciting childhood. So will you just tell us how you grew up? Yes, I love this because we it's important to start at the root of things and then build sort of like a tree. Um, So I started professionally acting when I was two years old. I started doing commercials and television shows and um, I was in magazines. There there would be times where someone would call me and say, we see you on the poster in Target or Walmart or Kmart. Um, So that was sort of like my childhood. I was always outspoken, um, always energetic like an extrovert 100 percent um really really peculiar I I would dress a certain way there were things that I was into as far as fashion that was a lot different than you know other kids and I remember not really fully embracing that and understanding it until um realizing that you know God gave me this uniqueness you know Mm -hmm. that he handcrafted it he handmade it for Mm -hmm. you know whatever his purpose is for my life which I'm sort of walking into now um but I since a child I've always been really empathetic and um very emotionally aware Mm -hmm. um I remember, you know, sort of like growing up, like if I was sad, angry, happy, mad, I would cry. So everybody would call me crybaby. (laughs) And it wasn't until a woman said to me, um, you know, I remember when you were five years old in the church choir and you began to cry and everyone was asking what was wrong with you. And she was like, you know, I, I leaned over to your grandparents and I told them she's crying for the souls of people. Right. So wow. I've always been deeply connected that way. And, and it was, it's not until really, it wasn't until recently where I realized like, you know, God, you, you gave me that compassion, that mm-hmm. passion, that righteous anger that wants to really 
change things and implement things and, and win souls to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and as of recently, like I, I stopped apologizing for it because for a long yeah. time I would apologize for, you know, the way I emotionally connect with people. Um, especially in a society where empathy, empathy is seen as it's negative, mm-hmm. it's a negative thing, you know? Um, but yeah, that was sort of my childhood. And yeah. of course, you know, grew up in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my faith is really the foundation of my life. I was five in private school when I gave my life to God. Wow. <laughs> like, I remember the principal at that time asking if anyone wanted to give their life to God. And I got up and I went and I knew what I was doing. Right. Like, I think about that often because like I knew what I was doing mm. um, and I knew what that meant. That's so, awesome. And that's yeah. why it's important to kind of, you know, give your children that foundation yes. and you know, speak about God so that they can um, make that decision on their own. And yes. you you were the oldest of four siblings. Yes. So yes. How, how was it being the oldest? <laughs> um, family is like the foundation of my life. I say that all the time um, because the support and the love and the sacrifices my family has made and not only my parents, but my siblings, like is why I'm able to successfully do what I'm doing. Um, it, it, it's, it's a cool being, it's cool being the eldest. You do get to do things first, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until maybe like a couple years ago when I realized like, okay, they actually look up to me. Right. They see what I'm doing. Like I am a role model for them, mm-hmm. you know, because oftentimes siblings don't tell you, Oh, I look up to you. Right. Um, but that, that's, um, that was something that was a blessing to hear because then it helped me to, you know, make better decisions and choices. Um, but I love them. (laughs) I, I know you, um, you hit the child acting and, um, it was very exciting for us as cousins, uh, slash sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We call ourselves your older sisters. Um, to see you on TV in the mornings on Saturday <laughs> and on Nick Jr. and on, you know, Chicken Tonight commercials. So I don't want to breeze over that. Like it was just <laughs> here and there. You are the real deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. And what yeah. made you um, stop, stop acting as a child? Because there was a point where you were really, like you were on and off these flights. You were everywhere. I, I remember going to New York with you just to watch your baby sister in the car. Yeah, Your dad went inside um, for an audition with you. So uh, what made you stop? You know, I was, I was like 10 years old when I stopped 10 or 11 years old. And it's funny because I was talking about this the other day. A lot of my friends who I did commercials and TV shows with, like a lot of them went on to do big, huge films. And um, I, I didn't get to do like normal kid things. You know, I was on set. I was on set a lot. I was in, my dad and I was in New York probably three to four times a week. And, you know, me being a social person that I am, like I wanted to do other things. I wanted to do sports. I wanted to be on chair teams and I wasn't able to be active that way. I went to a school that worked with like literally my professional schedule. You know, at the, at the time I didn't even know it was a job. Right. And so um, I I got a call. One of my last big calls was um, we want Trinae to come in for this movie. We want her to audition for it. Mm-hmm. And I told my parents, no, I was like, no, it's okay. I'm tired of it. 
And I remember my parents having to sit down with me just to make sure that it was a decision that I, I wanted, um, that I was true to, and then they respected it. And so I took a break. Right. Um, and that was, that was awesome for me because I was able to go to school all the time, go to high school. And I said to my sister the other day, like, that's something I don't regret. Right. Um, because I, you know, it, I was able, able to develop, to grow, to socialize. Yeah. Um, and I often think about how, if I ended up, you know, taking that movie deal or doing some other things, how it really would have um, pulled my family apart because I spent a lot of time with my dad. Right. Um, and, there, you know, there were times I remember when we were flying somewhere to do something overseas, actually, my mom was pregnant with Tao. So right. um, it would have it would have been a detriment. It would have it would have been detrimental to my family. Right. Um, you know, had I done that and, mm-hmm. you know, I just you I like I, I'm young now but I look back over my life and I'm just I'm grateful for God's direction um because right. he knows what he's doing you know yes. I'm the stubborn one but he knows absolutely. what he's doing so. absolutely yeah that's that's really good and so you um so you're 10 years old and you um stop acting and, and that's amazing that your parents even said okay that's great mm, because many yeah you know, see that as their own paycheck as well. And yeah, they, so true. Mm-hmm, they want to <laughs> live through their children. So they're like, you know, quit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you just imagine how many child actors probably said they wanted to quit and th- their mm-hmm. parent was like, no, you're going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God for that. So um, how was high school life? High school was really cool. That's where my like unique unconventional style came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, too, too, like I would wear like, you know, dresses over jeans, like, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, one day I was kind of like into 80s style. And then there were times I was like, I was really vintage. So I loved lace. I love like, um, things that you would find in a thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's sort of where like more of my uniqueness came out. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I had friends in high school and, you know, I, I would talk to everyone. And that's one thing that I love because I went to school where I was able to study theater. So that, that's highly encouraged. But I never felt like, I always felt like there was a part of me that wasn't understood by my peers. Mm. And that's where sort of like, that was the beginning journey of me being creative and not really being able to explain it or having the desire to because um, I I was often like made fun of um you know I was often um you know made to feel like what it was I wanted was unreachable right wow <laughs> and it, and then it, it wasn't until senior year where I was voted they had like superlatives and I was like best actor you wow. know so mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was like okay so you guys actually do believe that I could get to where I, it is I wanted to be and at that time like people's opinions meant a lot right you know what yeah. they thought about me what they said to me um you know, opinions of others and teachers, you know, meant a lot. And I often found myself sh- kind of even shrinking, Yeah, you know, just like shrinking my ideas, shrinking myself to, you know, um, be in spaces, which, you know, that even in that, I, I couldn't help but just be myself. Um, right. That's really But big. that was, that was where, um, like leadership, I, like I became a peer leader and there were things that I was interested in. Um, I did debate you know, we were able to do that with Yale University. So there were things like along the way that sort of prepared me for college and then even my journey now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that sort of outspoken like young woman that I was was just cultivated in many different ways right um, and and you know high school became the open door for me to be able to do other things outside of theater college oh, as well that's really good oh I gotta say this though mm-hmm. it was my freshman year of high school I think was it or eighth grade where I booked Sesame Street oh wow <laughs> and it's that's a funny memory because I was old and like you know, usually you see kids on on Sesame Street, so I didn't tell right. anyone. Like I didn't oh tell my, my friends. Oh gosh, that's you know, so they're just like, oh, you missed school? Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't feeling well, you know. Um, but yeah, that that wow. was a, a cool memory. That is so <laughs> funny. So you just went on to be on Sesame Street and never said anything. Mm, no, <laughs> not until years later. <laughs> And you know what? That's humble too. I just that right. That's really humble because someone else would have went to school. Like, yes, I booked. Ses- I had to go on Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what it was, <laughs> but it wasn't a big deal to you because weren't weren't you on Sesame Street as a little one too? Or no? No, that was uh, oh, okay. like Nick Junior. Yeah, Nick Junior. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. So then you go on to go to college. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. And you're still in the acting arena in college. Yes. So I went to school for, and I got my BFA in acting. Um, college is where I discovered that I actually like to do other things. Right. Um, so there was like a couple things that happened to me. I became the president of the Black and Latino Student Association, mm-hmm. and there there was a there was like a like an anger. I can't even describe it, but it wasn't it wasn't aggression. And that, that was the first time that I experienced a good, righteous, <laughs> moral ethic, you know, ethically um, good anger, which is like, I was like, okay, God, help me to, what, what am I to do, to do with this? Because, you know, I went to a school that was predominantly white and right. it's not a, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it went beyond a diversity issue. Majority of the kids that I connected to were in a higher education opportunity program. Um, and so they, they were, many of them were first generation Americans and as well, you know, first generation college students. And so I was one of only a couple black individuals in the BFA acting department. And I remember black history came around and I was expecting a big celebration of my heritage. And there were like eight by 11 size paper, like, of like Whoopi Goldberg and Beyonce and Will Smith. And I was so mad about that because so many of us, you know, we, we obviously contribute to the campus life as well. Um, and then we were leaders on campus. And so that was like the first time that I was like, okay, there's something that I have, that has to be done. Yeah. Um, and I, and alongside other students, we regenerated the black and Latino student association, which was an organization that would sort of like disintegrate when the person who let it graduated. Um, but let me tell you, this was radical Trina. I was (laughs) in my class and waiting for the approval of, of an event. And I, I um, I was sort of upset with the lack of response from the president, so I actually marched into his office and that walked is- by his <laughs> secretary oh and opened the God. door. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Mr. <laughs> he looked like President Snow from Hunger Games, so that's what we used to call him. Oh my! And God. I was like, you know what, President, you are one of the highest paid presidents in the country. Wow! And this is one of the small. It's a small liberal arts school you know, you have kids on campus who feel like their needs aren't being met. 
what can we do? Can we have conversations? Can we have forums? Um, and that sort of led me to, oh my gosh, like college was one of the best experiences for me because I, I discovered holistically, like I'm well-rounded. Like there are other things that I can do besides act. Um, right. You know, and, and that, you know, there was, I was in college when Eric Gardner was murdered. So in New York. Wow. So wow. I remember I said to my professor, I have to do something about this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, and he was like, write a paper. And I was like, no, something tangible has to be done. Right. And so I, um, this is radical to say, but <laughs> I sent a mass email to the school because I had, I had um, access to like the main server because I oh was the president God. of BLSA. Wow. And I said, at two o'clock or six o'clock, we're going to march out of our classrooms and we're going to march and join the thousands that are protesting at one police plaza um, oh against gosh. the brutal murder that took place on campus of Eric Gardner. And I didn't it was know who was going to Yes. Oh my gosh, Janae. I was like, I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know. I don't know, but we're going to do this. And so at six o'clock, we stood up many of us marched out of our classrooms. Some teachers put their heads down because they were excusing us. Some professors joined us and it was probably about almost 60 of us that went down and marched with um, the protesters who were protesting at one police plaza. So we, we were, we, there was, I needed to experience that because wow. there was a, that, that sort of led me to my political journey. And, and I remember being a senior and right. I had to take a directing class. Mm-hmm or junior. And I took that directing class and I was like, why in the world didn't I major in this? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I wish I took this class earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have switched my major. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, at that time I wanted to graduate with my degree. I was almost done. Um, but I didn't want to compromise. And I, I found myself doing that. Um, I remember I was given a script and there were curse words in it. And I was like, you know, if I don't say them, I, I'll be looked at as a joke. I won't be respected. And so I did the scene. I, I was talking to my mom about this recently. And so like, there were just things that I knew I didn't want to do as an actor that I felt right. like, um, academia sort of, you know, pushed, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there was a lot of tough experiences that I had in acting classes. Acting classes are tough. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, conservatory training you're judged you know they used to say every bit of confidence you have leave it at the door and I remember I was like you know what I'm out of here I'm going to study abroad and that was junior year wow it had nothing to do with theater I just went to Italy I took photography and food you know studies um but this all led me to sort of where I am today and you know a proud moment is BLSA is still an on-campus club they're still going Wow. Yeah. That, that's amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) And and so then after college, um, you dibble dabbled a little bit in, in pageantry. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I forget I did pageants because it is a world so far removed for me. Mm -hmm. Um, yes it is. Yeah. So I graduated college. I needed a job. I worked a retail job. Um, and then my sister encouraged me to do pageants. I, everybody knows I'm sort of like, you know, I don't even really wear makeup like that unless, you know, I'm doing, taking pictures. I am just like real chill. <laughs> um, my aunt would call me a flower child, but 
I did pageants. And my first time I did it, I was the runner-up. My favorite um, categories, my favorite com- parts of competition and pageantry was interview and on-stage question. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that I learned about myself in pageantry. It gave me a confidence, um, you know, you know, glamour and makeup. I needed those things. I needed to know that that woman was there because I, yeah, wow. uh, you know, that wasn't anything of like who I was. But mm-hmm. I know what pageants prepared me for because you know, for onstage question, you're on stage in front of hundreds of people and you're asked a question on the spot. You know, I was asked about politics and um, policy and all those things before I even did politics. I was asked on a pageant stage. Um, in my interview, I was asked, you know, you, I was asked about Cuba and embargo act and all those different things. And I always had a, a, a love for politics. So, you know, I would win interview, <laughs> you know, I would do so well in it because I, it was a chance for me to talk about, um, you know, hot topics and politics and all those sorts of things. My last year in pageantry, I did monologues for my talent, um, which people would say, like, you know, like, to place top five every year doing a monologue is amazing because most people do it when they don't really have a talent. They sort of, like, fall back on monologues. Right. But my last year, I did a monologue called We the Women, and I wrote it, um, and it was about the the progression of women, like, how we – you know, we came from being household wives. We, we, you know, um, we, 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 and that, which is cool today if that's, you know, what yeah. we decide to, whatever, you know, but mm-hmm. um, we started, you know, we, we couldn't vote and it right. really progressed to um, where we are today. So like I started on a, a, a bus seat with at Rosa Parks and then in the middle, I had a podium and I talked about Shirley Chisholm and Hillary Clinton and Victoria Woodhull, the first woman to run for president in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I talk about how, like the woman today. Yeah. And I, in that monologue, I wore a pink pantsuit because I was right. a politician. Right. Um, and this was in 2018. Look at this, that. It just, it just, that was <laughs> yes, because it, I had no idea a year later, yes. that's what I would be. I had no idea. Destiny. Wow. I mean, it's God is so good. (laughs) But I, but I, I totally um, hear you because, you know, there was a point in time when we, women didn't have an option, but to be, you know, a housewife or even if she did work, do laundry or go watch someone else's kid. Um, And so that, that means a lot to women. Yes, mm-hmm. to sort of have us reflect, yeah, on mm-hmm. where we have come from. Wow! So let's get to to who you are today. <laughs> okay. Yes, and how um, you really got into politics, and I like how you have taken on the, um, you know, the desire to continue your grandmother's legacy um yes self-consciously you didn't say hey my grandmother did this so I'm gonna do it but yes sort of happened yes so I was a teaching artist um at Long Wharf Theater for three years and um by the end of June I decided not to go back as a teaching artist Mm -hmm. um but I didn't know exactly what I was going to do um so I just sort of, you know, continued working and just stayed focused on God. And 
by the end of December 2018, um, I was applying for casting assistant jobs because I wanted to learn the behind the scenes. I wanted a behind the scenes look at what casting directors look at when they um, audition actors. You know, I was so used to being in front of the camera, but I wanted to see the. I wanted to see what it took to be, you know, the standout actor or whatever. Right. Um, and so. In January, I was submitting for that. I was submitting headshots for representative for representation, um, but we were on the Daniel Fast in January 2019, and there was just something. I mean, I prayed like I never prayed before. My relationship with God became so much uh, tighter. Like, mm-hmm. like we were tight. We and we still are. But with yeah. that right there was just like you know, I was like, okay, this is what relationship is. Like, yes. this is what Christianity is about. Uh-huh. Um, and I was just sort of like really exploring that, you know, as a young adult, really learning for myself, um, you know, who God is to me. How so, old were you at that point? I was 24. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm 25 now. Mm-hmm. I was 24 and I was like, um, it, you know, it's funny because I met some of uh, the council people, persons, pageantry because I was volunteering um, I was in a parade in West Haven and so I met them at the headquarters and in January I got a call and, and I was asked would you like to be on the Democratic Town Committee and I said sure mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard back for two weeks probably or something like that two weeks later they said congratulations through text mm-hmm. you won 30 to 5 votes wow yes and right after that I was asked, they said, you know, we think you'll be a great council person. You're passionate. You're about community service. You're about helping people. And so they asked me if I wanted to run. Mm. And I, I actually wrestled with it. I, it took me three months to decide. The right. Holy Spirit really had to push me because this isn't, this isn't my desire. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I love policy. I love politics, but it was not my desire. Mm. Um, but um, I felt the leading of the Holy Ghost to mm. continue on with it and I ran mm-hmm. on my very first campaign and I won I, I um won the primary I think it was in September and then I didn't have a challenger in November and I won and I, I that the night of my um inauguration I picked up my phone this was this was the night of the primary I think it was yep because my grandmother was actually there um at the the night I actually officially won but at the primary I, I picked up the phone I called her and I began to cry and I said, you know, grandma, thank you so much. Mm. You know, you planted this seed. I had no idea that I would be the blossoming of it, but wow. you planted this seed. And, you know, my grandmother was the first um, black woman to run for, might have been person to run for alderman in Bridgeport. And at wow. that time, you know, in the seventies, she lost by six point, mm. uh, 19 points. Mm-hmm. I think this was the sixties, but um, you know, she really kicked down the door for me. And this is where, you know, it's important because you don't really know that it, it, you don't know how your offspring, whatever generation will benefit from the work that you do. And that's why it's so important to stay righteous and to stay holy, um, you know, and to, and to serve consistently wholeheartedly mm-hmm. because you, you laid down the foundation for generations to come. We talk a lot, a lot about that, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, breaking generational curses and then generational blessings, um, but here I, you know, it wasn't any of my grandmother's daughters. It was me. I'm her granddaughter right. that, wow. you know, sort of ended up in this political arena. And, you know, um, I became the youngest ever on the, DT, on the you know, the youngest African-American um, person on the city council. Some people say youngest wow. ever. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, recently I was told that I, I was the, I'm the youngest um, African-American woman elected to Connecticut public office. Wow. You know, and so I just give the glory to God because number one, he put me here. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, I get accolades, but, you know, God is so good because he'll lead you in a direction where you stand on here on earth and you're, you're recognized for it. But really Absolutely. it was all him. Right. You know, Absolutely. Um, so, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So what is the job of a councilwoman? So just like, so there's Congress. So you know what a congresswoman is. Basically, you yes. are the same, but on a smaller scale. Okay. Um, so, you know, this is why it's important to vote locally. A lot of times we kind of just run to the presidential ones. But if you have a pothole on your street, it needs to be shoveled or, you know, you need a speed bump that you contact your council person for that. Wow. So. I'm sort of like a, vo- a vocal point for um, District 7 here in West Haven, um, which is also the mayor's district. So people call me with concerns or comments. And, you know, as of recently, it's been, you know, West Haven has, you know, gained national attention because of mm-hmm. a police shooting that took place here. And look so, at that. Yeah. So, and you look know, at that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I was able to lead a vigil on that with a with an amazing um, resident we co-led together, you know. So 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 this has challenged me in ways that I um, have never been challenged before. <laughs> but I'm grateful because it's God expanding is so me. So perfect and so yes. funny because like here you were in college leading yes. walk for shooting um, against you know this innocent black man having his whole life taken away regardless yes. of yes. Uh, whatever selling bootleg tapes nobody uh, yes. you know deserves to have their life taken and then here you are again <laughs> you know <laughs> a voice for other people in the midst of that same tragedy and West Haven is not even a, a space that would normally have a, a killing against no. a young black man. No, you're right. And I, that, that was part of the problem because a lot of officials didn't know how to respond to it. Right. Um, and I was like, Ooh, I'm here for a reason. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm often seen as radical. And, you know, when I challenged the system because I was upset by it, uh, mm-hmm. I got to meet his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of work that is, um, to ensure the safety of citizens and even police officers is often seen as anti-police, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, not at all who I am or who I've ever been. Um, right. cause, Cause God forbid, but if I'm in any danger, I, I want to be able to call the cops, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, so there, there really is, I I'm believing this now more than ever that I'm called for such a time as this, because I, 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 I feel like I'm, I am, I have to often redirect the narrative and change it um, of what a politician is because I, I'm so heart like based, you know, I, yeah. I just operate according to my compassion, like, you know, what stirs me, but also my convictions, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think people have not seen politicians who really deeply care. It's been such a, a dog eat dog world, right. um, which I believe the boldness that God has given me has really equipped me for politics. Cause there are just <laughs> certain things that, you know, don't phase me, you know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times people say, oh, you're young. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Credit it to my youthfulness. Um, right. But you know, I'm not going to be ashamed or afraid. And, and I just, I feel so called to, um, you know, be, be the, be the, be the young woman of God, um, who's passionate, you know, and a political figure, um, but to, to ignite love and to 
stir up peace. Um, you know, the peace that surpasses all understanding to, to, to bring whole wholeness to our communities. Yeah. Um, I think, and, I think something that just stood out, um, from what you said is, um, being a young woman of God. And, and I want to touch on that a little bit because mm-hmm. you are only 25 and mm-hmm. I know that many people, this podcast is launched out all over. And so all over the world, so mm-hmm. many people will supersede your, your surpass your age. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's important just to, shine the light on being a young woman of God, just no matter how old you are. Because Mm -hmm. something that stood out also when you spoke was about your obedience, that being a politician was not your desire, but Mm -hmm. it was, you know, a part of this purpose-driven life that, um, you know, here you are destiny seated in being a politician. It was who you were from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and then this is still just a step towards your destiny. Um, Yes. Talking about chasing destiny um, on the podcast. And and so being a young woman of God, you know, how how is that? You know, it's, it's very difficult. I'm probably a few nine years older than you and, Mm -hmm. You know, I find it a little easier once you get past mm-hmm. your thirties because you have, you know, less pressure to really care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the ways you are in your twenties, you don't care anymore. I, I feel like I was very vain in my twenties, and and now in my thirties, I'm like, I do not care. I do not. Yes. yes. <laughs> I do not yes. care. Um, who cares about uh that shoe or that? You know, some people are, but my my values have changed, but, um, to be 25 and in Christ, I know you said you gave your life to Christ when you were five, but young 20 something year old woman. Um, how is that to be found in God and to, you know, just be that young woman of God? It's, it's really, thank you for asking me this. Um, every single day I learn something more about God every day. Mm -hmm. Um, one, I've learned that he, he, he will never leave me nor forsake me. There's times where I'm in the political arena and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, right. this is you no know, money budget. And I, you know, I have to remind myself, he will never leave me here to leave me. I say that all the time. He will never leave me, leave me here to leave me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, in this, in this last sort of season of like, you know, before what's happening now in my life, um, I lost many relationships, um, ones that were very close to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned that um, I put people on the throne that God should have been on the whole time. Mm -hmm. I idolized people. I I didn't give God the time and energy that he really, that I should have been giving him all along. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but his grace and his mercy is so sufficient and that it yes. almost makes me emotional because yes. in times where I did not consult God first, mm-hmm. he, he continued to love me and then helped me through some of the mess that he had to help me through. Yeah. Um, because I didn't always go to him, you know, so mm-hmm. so you know, God knows what's best. I, I really don't fully know what it is he's doing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but having trusted him so far, like I have not lacked for nothing. And I don't, I, and that, that goes beyond financial. I mean, that's mental, that's physical, that's emotional. 
um, because a lot of times as an extrovert person, you like to be around people. When right. you, I love relationships. You like to socialize, but mm-hmm. in this time, like I, I have realized how important and significant is it is to um, put God on the throne of your heart. He should be number one. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm. There's this boldness that's been coming out of me, where I am just, I'm ready to continue to advocate for not only uh, um, rights of those who are oppressed, but black. I mean, Christian rights. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. There are there are no, there are not as many Christian uh, mouthpieces in politics like there should be, especially in the democratic side. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm like, God, how am I going to do this? Because a lot of what I feel and truly believe um, Democrats oppose. Right. But I, I, I feel like he, he has me here for, for, like I said before, such a time as this. And, you know, a lot of times um, because we limit God, our, our heavenly perspective and view is limited, period. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, yes, you know, is. so even when I got into politics, I was like, God, like, you know, I, I, I fought it because I didn't want to have to choose between acting in, in politics. Because if I, if I chose, I wouldn't have chose politics. Right. Um, but I would have been in a mess if I, yes. you know, went my own way. But mm-hmm. like God opened up, you know, now I... I, I received an invitation from the board of directors at Long Wharf and I had no idea. You know, I was thinking that they were going to ask me about what it was being a, an employee there. And I was once a wow. student at matinees there and they invited me, you know, to be on the board of directors. The so board I, of directors. Wow. Yes. And so that, that right there is God's doing. Um, and I just want to encourage young women out there to just be obedient mm-hmm. um, to the call to God's call to whatever it is he's asking you to do. Like there were things that he had to take away from me just to get my focus. And it was painful, but um, you know, through the pressure comes the diamond through the pressure of the oils comes the olive oil, you know? So the pressure that was applied to me last season, you know, last year around the fall, I was, I was distraught. Like there were so many things that I was going through um, emotionally and I really didn't understand it, but now I know, that God had to get my attention and there were things that he had to remove from my life to get me to where I am today. Um, because I was making decisions to settle and I'm, I not only mean in my life, but even in my career choices, like I was like, you know, what? okay. I was, I was thinking about marriage. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I was thinking about marriage and, and that that's not what God had for me then. And it's not what he has for me right now. Mm-hmm. I believe in his will and sometime in the future, he does have that for me. I hope God, please have that for me. Right now, he, he, right now, um, I need to be refreshed. I need yes. to uh, be connected to my family. I need yes. to be connected to him mm-hmm. um, because I, I disconnected myself for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, 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 I'm just so grateful for his grace and mercy. My goodness, I'm grateful. Oh my God. Um, because it's kept me from Holy falling. On that one. Oh my gosh, I want to show. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. But, but yeah. really and truly, it's honorable. And really and truly, I know that there will be a reward for your obedience. I, Thank you so much. I wish I could t- say off the top of my head a scripture, but I really can't. <laughs> All all that I'm thinking of is my own life and how just in the past 
six months, just the obedience and what it have, has produced. I have been crying out for, you know, for eight years, you know, praying this same prayer and asking for restoration in my family. And just at the act of obedience that I didn't even think was related to this prayer that it was released and so I just know that I know that there is a major blessing and a major seat um, for you and what God has you for your obedience not just to lay down your career and pick up politics but to you know lay down your relationship and lay down your your um, desires for what he has for you at such a young age yes honorable Thank you because so much. sometimes we think we have to hold on just you know to everything because you know what what's gonna come next but it is his perfect will his divine will yes um, you you know when it is revealed you'll be like oh wow this is why yes <laughs> <laughs> yep this is why so i can't wait to see and be a witness to um you actually gave um you actually said already my next question, but if you want to, again, share a special message to young people or women um, that may see themselves in your shoes. And I really um, possibly, um, will you just talk about um, the life of being obedient? Just share, just share a spe- special message. Yes. Um- so there are times where I, um, I jump to do things before God told me to, and I sacrifice for it. <laughs> um, this is, this is, I'm now living in obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, I, doors have begun to open up for me as soon as I said yes to God. And honestly, my life has been better than it's ever been because I said yes to God. I just want to encourage every young woman out there. A lot of times we limit God. Um, God grants us the desires of our hearts, uh, whatever that is, according to uh, his time and his purpose for when he wants it to happen. Um, I just want to encourage every young woman and particularly the millennial young women, because we are, we are the right now generation. We are the generation of advocacy. Mm -hmm. We are the generation of creativity We are the generation of the judicial system. We are the generation, us and Gen Z, we're going to shake this world up. And God needs you in whatever arena that he has for you because he needs you to draw souls to him. All of what we're doing right now is it's for a kingdom purpose. It's for a kingdom mission. God is soon to come. And there are so many people out there who don't even know who he is. And the arena that he's placing you in, your purpose is connected to generations of people. Because when you talk to one person and they develop a relationship with God and they're saved, sanctified and Holy Ghost filled, Mm -hmm. they are then the seed planted for the blossoming of their generations to come forth that will be righteous, mm-hmm. you know? So, so your, your call and your purpose and your, your God has preordained you for whatever it is um, he wants you to fulfill because your, your purpose is connected to people. And if you don't walk into it, generations of people will die. Just like, you know, uh, you know, just like it was, just like Esther had to, God had to tell Esther, listen, you don't answer this call. I'm going to raise up somebody else. That's you and right. your people will die. Period. That's right. You know, so when we think about 
um, even, you know, Esther, her bold choice to jump and move, she, mm-hmm. she had to because she knew that generation of people, her people would die. And honestly, think about how that would have affected the Jews and Jewish population today. Absolutely. So, so, you know, generations and generations. So um, mm. be true to who God's called you to be. And if you don't know who that is, get on your face and seek him. Yes. His word does say you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created in his likeness and image. So you already know that your spiritual DNA trumps your biological DNA. You look just like him. You are a reflection of who he is. And so continue to uh, blaze the path for, um, for young people to come. I realized that if I said no to politics, that it would have cut off girls, never even knowing that they could be politicians Mm -hmm. um, and that they could do it the right way. You know, so I encourage each and every one of you um, when you obey and when you, um, when you listen to God's call, you're, you're rewarded for that. Um, you're, you're, you're blessed for that. You know, you never know how your obedience caused um, sickness to dry up in your body. You yeah. never know how obedience caused, um, you, you know, your car to start on a morning that it should not have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we take those things for granted, but, and, and quite often, and oftentimes we, we, God is just like something on a shelf, you know, whenever we want to use it, we pick it up. Yeah. Um, but when he tells you to go do it, when he tells you to jump, do it. Um, when he, when he is calling, answer it, pick it up. Um, and, and just, and open up your heart to him. A lot of times I have to say, I have to, when I hear my mom preaching, I'll say, God, open up my, my ears to listen and my heart to receive, mm-hmm. to receive your word, to, to hear whatever it is you, you, you need for me to hear in this time and season. Yeah. Um, and so I just encourage all of you to uh, stay true to what God has for you and who he's calling you to be. Um, and, you know, if, if he's telling you to go in a whole different direction than where you really truly want to go, he will, I, I, <laughs> I thought that I was going to have to, my earthly, my limited mindset in comparison to how big God is thought that I would have to choose between mm-hmm. what I love and where he's taking me. But as soon as I said yes to politics, doors begin to open up for me. Yeah. Doors wow. begin to open up for me. Even, you know, I established my own production company this year, yeah. you know, so God is yes. a good God. Is a that good is God. awesome. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. That's going to be amazing. So how can the listeners find you if they (laughs) want to get in touch with you and follow you? Sure. I'm on Instagram as official TD McGee. And you can friend me on Facebook, Trene McGee, um, T-R-E-N-E-E-M-C-G-E-E. I also have a like page, um, Councilwoman Trene McGee. You can uh, follow me on social media. Um, I'm very open to, you know, obviously it depends on the situation. My website is not up yet, but you can DM me. Um, you can Facebook message me. I know that's, you know, for some people, it's not seen as a professional thing. I am a millennial and a young one at that. So you can DM me, (laughs) you can, you can hit me up on Facebook. Um, but just, you know, follow along and, and let me know if you listened in and, uh, let's talk and connect and encourage one another because it's important. Yes. Um, there's unity and community. I say yes. that all the time. Um, and unity, there's strengths. So, yes. Absolutely. Um, I'm all about that. Yes. And I'm excited. <laughs> I know that um, I told you to give a message to young people, but as you begin to talk, I know that all the listeners are going to be blessed yes. because they're of all ages. Yes. So, 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Trine McGee, for joining us today. And Thank I you for having me. It. <laughs> All right, listeners, we will see you next week. And don't forget, you always have the option to choose joy. I need the joy. Bye-bye.